What if you were born with a disease that you always knew would kill you? And then what if all of a sudden you were given a second chance? Well, that's exactly what happened to me. And it's the question that we explore on the new podcast series, Breathless from Snack Labs. Join me, Jeremy Saunders, for a series that explores what it means to live and die, to love and to lose, and what it's like to have your whole life turned upside down and the unexpected challenges that come with a life-saving drug. You can listen to Breathless now, wherever you get your podcasts. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, baby. That's what. Why were you looking at me like that for? I was looking at you because uh, I know that I've told you before that you do this, (laughs) but you type so aggressively loud. It is, it's it's really shocking. (laughs) I have a lot of very important work to do. I think you just need to get a typewriter. Like, I think think it's the (laughs) haptic feedback that you need no uh, really because you're using a brand new macbook and there's not much like there's not much room for that key to drop down when you press it so you're coming down on it like with the force of like thor's hammer no yes babe this is what i hear when i'm in here when i'm in the recording studio and you're out in the living room which is out of this door (laughs) down a hallway around a corner down another hallway around a corner in another room all i hear is this I'm a way faster typer than that. It's more like this. That is actually the sound. I know. It's because I have a lot of really important work to do. Give me a break. You're you're an important lady. I am. I will say that. <laughs> well. Well, here, here we are, babe. We're back at home. Isn't it good? 
back at home and I feel like <laughs> I am a dead person. You, yeah. I haven't had a day off in, I mean, I know I'm going to say this and there's fucking people out there that probably work three jobs and yada yada whatever, but like. I'm Look, sitting every, over here with my hand raised. Everyone's experience is different. Yeah. I haven't had a day off in over 10 days. And that has also been full of like red eye flights. Yeah. It has been full of, to- I've, as you can hear, talking too much. Yeah. My job is to fucking talk. And I've talked, I talked my voice into the ground. And man, I'm just fucking dead. I hear you, baby. But it doesn't stop. It. You know what? It doesn't stop. Literally. Like tomorrow night, we've got a live show for sick boy at Dow med school. And then in a couple of days, me and you are going to Montreal for all kinds of crazy this stuff, crazy thing. And then, and then we're going to Ottawa on the seventh. So what is, what is that next Monday? Yeah. So Monday we're going to be doing a show at Algonquin college. That'll be so fun. Can't wait. It's going to be fucking awesome. Always love doing a show there. They, they treat us really well. Yeah, they really do. Now, if you want tickets to that show, you know, if you felt like you missed out on our awesome Toronto show that just passed, uh, head on over to Ottawa and go to turnmeonpodcast.com slash shows for tickets. We were just talking about how we don't know if that Toronto episode um, got recorded really for our for availability to us anyway for um, for use. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah I, gotta, I gotta ask, uh, ask our manager if, if we'll get that because... Because we interviewed a fantastic <laughs> stand-up comedian who... Deanne, Deanne Smith. Yeah. She's an incredible Canadian uh, female comic. Very, very funny lady. Uh, I think she has a Netflix special coming out soon titled um, Gentleman, Gentleman Elf. Elf. Yeah. But if you want to watch what she does, what she's up to right now, the, I think the most recent thing on Netflix dropped, it was called like uh, Comedians of the World or Comedy of the World. Right. And she's the very first uh, episode in that, in that series. It's a 30 minute special. She's so fucking funny. Yeah. Really sweet, and she she had her sweet little like rescue Chihuahua mix. It's a little min pin Chihuahua mix, so sweet that she brought onto the stage with her at our live show in Toronto for JFL Forty Two. Yeah, so even if we weren't interesting, there was this adorable dog running around oh the theater, which was awesome. But it was a fun uh, it was a fun little tour, little sick boy turn me on trip. Yeah, and uh, I feel I feel good that we got it that we did it. And it'll be nice to get some sleep in the next like two days and then off to another adventure. We were laying in our hotel room and I just looked over at you and told you how much I love you because I just love doing this with you. I like it too. It's fun. It's fun. It's really cool because we've been doing it for so long and and all of a sudden, like I also uh, am busier. I feel like I've ever been in my life. Like uh, someone called me today and offered me a job and I was like, oh. Did you turn it down? I had to turn it down. Wow. I had to turn it down because... Did that feel awesome? Well, it feels nice to be thought of, to be wanted. Yeah. You need to be sought after. But like I have... I started a new job yesterday um, on top of my two and a half part-time jobs that I already have. How the fuck do we keep this podcast afloat? I really... I really don't know, but it's... You know, I know know how. Love. Because of everyone who tunes Love in every week. Happiness. That's true. We wouldn't do it if there was nobody listening, right? That's right. I, I'm not joking. If you were listening to this right now, this is all for you. Take your left hand, place it on your right elbow, lift that arm over your left shoulder, and give yourself 
a pat on the back because you create good content. Yeah. Yeah. There. Well, I mean, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not I, talking to you, Jeremy. I'm talking to everybody at home. Who oh, listens. sorry. I thought you were talking to me. No. I mean, you can do it too if you want. Uh, yeah. So thank you all so much for, for listening and for, for coming out and seeing our show in Toronto. We had a lovely time. We love that fucking city so much. Lots of good laughs too. It was really cool. If you were at the Toronto live show and you're, maybe you're just tuning in this week for the first episode because probably 75% of the people really, maybe it was more like 90% of the people in the audience didn't know who we were. were. Yeah. Yeah. If you are just tuning in for the first time and you're wondering, all right. When Get to it, it. Yeah, when's the fucking conversation Hop about interesting shit start? Well, it starts right now. <laughs> it wasn't about me typing? No, no. Well, I got period panties in the mail. Oh, fuck yeah. Cool. What's so wait? What? I'm four days away from my period. No, I didn't. Like, yes, they're new, never bled in period panties for me to use on my period. Period panties. I, I'm not. So what does that mean? It uh, means I don't have to wear. Ideally, I don't have to wear like pads or tampons. I can just bleed into my underwear. So what are these like, um, like, like vacuum sealed skin tight latex rubber panties? You got it. No. Perfect for keeping the condensation in and the yeast infections and just getting all blood up your butt crack and Is this a wait, hold on, is this a sponsor or something? No, no, it's It's just something you bought. No. It's the same remember they did reach out to us. It's Thinks. T H I N X. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they reached out to us a while back because they were we were talking about like maybe doing some sort of cross promotion. It's the same company that does the tushy. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, Man, yeah. they're just changing lives left, right, and center. Below the belt, they sure are. Yeah. Yeah, no, I can't wait to I get my period in four days, and this is the first time I'm actually like looking forward to it. Cool, that's fun. My, uh, speaking of Tushy, on this trip, nine days without Tushy, yeah. my asshole was so thirsty when I got <laughs> home. Dude, I just sat on that toilet. I didn't even shit. I just sat on the toilet. And sprayed your butt? And just shot that water right up my hole. I've still never used it. You are fucked. You should, I mean, there's baths as well. I don't take baths anymore either, but. Baths? Wait, what are you talking about? Bath. Like a day bath? If you have, no, like sit in the tub if your butthole is thirsty. Yeah, but why the fuck? Okay, babe. Why on earth would you run a bath, sit in a bath to quench your asshole's thirst like mine gets very thirsty when you're in the middle of the day? We're talking about how busy we are as humans. I don't have time to run a bath at 2 p.m. Let me tell you something, Okay. Okay. If you can't take, I'm totally stealing this. The actual actual saying is about meditation. If you can't take five minutes to sit in a tub. It takes five minutes then to you, fill the tub. Will you not interrupt me? Fine. If you can't five take five minutes to sit in a tub, then you should be sitting in a tub for 10 minutes. You are, this is such bullshit. It's, it's way different than meditation. I'm talking about keeping my asshole quenched and 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 clean and quenched what about what about just a little bit of moisturizer on the pinky finger don't you even dare say put it up the ass no 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 just rub it around your chapped butthole it's not my butt oh my god my butthole isn't chapped my butthole just is craving the sensation of a jet stream pointed directly at it and surprised when it gets shot with cold water that's what my asshole craves what what sound do you make when the water hits your butthole I used to make this sound. Actually, I can't do it because I've lost my voice. <laughs> but it was a high-pitched kind of like... Ooh! Uh, it was higher than that. Ooh! Yeah, kind of like that. <laughs> yeah, you do that well. And uh, But I don't... Uh, 
I don't do that anymore. Now I'm so used to it. It's like taking cold showers, but for your asshole. I took, so yesterday I took a yoga class or I took a moto fit class and then I got in the shower, peed. Guys, I pee in the shower. You literally just, look, I piss in the shower all the time. But you literally just admitted to pissing in a public shower. Yeah, everybody does. Oh, no. Let me tell you a funny story. You can't be saying that. Why? You can't say that in public. You can't just acknowledge the fucking elephant in the room. Whoa, dude. Wow, you just admitted that. Bridie's a a a public shower pisser. Welcome to the real world, everyone who doesn't do it. Wow, I'll tell you right now, I ain't going to say whether I do or I don't, but I for sure ain't going to say I do. So anyway, got in the shower peed and then put it as hot as I possibly could all the way to as cold as possibly could. And I did it three times. And each time I was under the cold water, 30 seconds. Is that, is that, um, uh, was that inspired by your time when we were in Toronto at, uh, Body Body Blitz? No, I mean, I did it. I, I've, I've gone through phases where I've done it for every time I shower because I understand it's quite good for your circulation. Can we talk about Body Blitz for a minute? Yeah. Um, for people who don't know what Body Blitz is, can you explain it to them? It's like a, it's a water spa, so like a water circuit. So basically, there's a there's a great big sort of um, warm saltwater pool that you start in, and then you go to the steam room, which is like this tiled room where they pump in eucalyptus filled steam and you just like almost burn your skin off fuck that sounds nice and then you take a shower because you got to be hygienic and then you get into a cold plunge pool which is like i don't even know i want to say like 15 degrees you get in 15 it's, no babe come on now that's actually quite that's quite cold it's quite cold that's 15 degrees. freezing yeah so you get into this you get into this freezing cold plunge pool there's ice cubes in it what? No, I'm just kidding. Oh. Um, and then, Holy that fuck. would be fine though. And then you get out and you go into the infrared sauna. It's this dry sauna and you go from like a coldness on your skin to this yeah. this like warm, anyway, it's blissful. It's my favorite moment. And then you go back into the shower, shower off your sweat and you get into the cold plunge pool again. And then you get into the hot tub. Okay. And then you basically go back to the they have the guides pool. telling you where to go? There's like it? a big circuit mat, map oh, okay. on the yeah. wall. Yeah. And recommended times for each. Now, it's a clothing optional scenario. They they correct? have a new rule where you have to wear bathing suit bottoms. Oh, that's new. Yeah. So you used to be able to have your... Pussy out, your yeah. Pussy just hanging out. Yeah. Okay. The reason I asked this is... Oh, here's a question. I actually never asked this. Um... What if someone identifies as as a trans woman? I don't know what the rules are. No? It's a great question. Interesting. I was. I wonder in... what the, their website would probably say. Yeah, maybe. All yeah. right. Well, anyway, that's not what I want to talk about. What I want to ask is this: Is when you're in there and you're doing that? I don't know, and maybe not specifically for you, but do you know of of or if like are people walking around like kind of checking each other out, checking each other out, and being like, "Damn, girl, you you look good." No. You know, like I might, I might make a move. I might like, like, say something like, "Hey, want to go to the hot tub together?" Uh no. I think, I think that would be in very poor taste. I am telling you, and I you don't right, see it. I am telling you right now. Women are different. If this was a men's thing yeah, and it was yeah. men only and clothing optional, yeah, there would be so much fucking. Yeah. 
It would just be the most. It would just be so debaucherous. I don't. I, I mean, it. it We're doesn't, fucking. We are. There's animals. also like attendance everywhere. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah. No. I. I've I never, haven't gone to a bathhouse because I'm. There's. I. That's the one thing I'm like. Oh, I don't want to like. I don't want to have to deal with like, just being, ogled at. Yeah, because your sweet little body would just be ogled up and down. It would. Your tiny little I'm a tiny, ti- squishy bum and your yeah. ripped belly. Yeah, you would. You would Stop just it. get okay. ogled. I'm not looking. I was fishing for compliments. <laughs> um, listen, um, I don't get that vibe at all from this place. And um, but to be like, I check out bums. I check out bums and boobs because I'm just like, what's going on out in the world that yeah. I don't know about? I right. see it. I see it all. I mean, I'm not like ogling, but it's it's a really comfortable place. Like bodies of all shapes yep. and colors yeah. and boobs out or boobs in. Yeah. It's really like I've the first time I went was, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago. And I felt like I'd never felt like so much of a it felt so right. Right. And I've been to others like I've been to the is it Scandinav that's in Whistler? Scandinav. There's one in Whistler yeah, it's that's called like Scandinav. Un- Believable. I men, highly men recommend. To totally, it's go ahead. So it has a different vibe, right? Um, and it's not clothing optional. So oh, you got to keep your pee pee in and your boobs and your boobies. Yeah, right. But I really dig that too because it's all outside. Right. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, uh, glad to know that you're pissing in in public showers. Um, I think that was the biggest point there that we took from that. <laughs> Uh, yep. you want to, you want to hit a quick brain boner before we throw it to this week's episode? My voice is fucking shooting off, shooting off my th- throat. Face. Okay. We were just talking about how we have poor memories for whether I have a poor memory for whether or not we've, we've done these brain boners before, but I'm telling you, we have not done oh, this one. We have a segment. We have a new segment. Remember? Oh, right. It's called, uh, 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 wait, just, someone actually just sent the, us just the tips, just the tips, but yeah. I also liked re- recommendations. But just the tips is good. I like yeah. just the tips. Okay. So So this this came up not last week's episode, but the last time we were actually together. Because uh, last week we 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 Oh, played, it was an older episode. Yeah, we played a, an old live show we yeah, did in we'll Toronto. Have, yeah, exactly. But so the idea was we were going to come up with a segment. And we, we were looking for names and we had someone send in a couple of recommendations. And uh, one of the, the name recommendations for this segment is called Just the Tips. And so the idea is that we recommend something that we have recently, you know, heard, read, seen, um, or have checked out in general. So, you know, movies, books, whatever. can be anything. Um, And just to put it out there, because I know I love, I have a thing about recommendations where if somebody that I know and like recommends anything to me, I make a very, very concerted effort to check that recommendation out as soon as possible because most of the things that I love the most in my entire life have come from recommendations from people like that. So, how about it? Do you got a rec- or, uh, Do you have a recommendation for this week's Just the Tips? <laughs> yeah, I do. And it's, it's <laughs> funny because... Um... Because it's a little controversial, I guess. Oh fuck! Here we go. Yeah. Get ready for another slew of emails. <clears throat> um, we've said a lot of. There's been a lot of controversial things that have come up on our episode. Yeah. Or our past episodes, and we've had some people reach out. We should address them 
but let's bank up a couple more and then, and then we'll do them all together. Dress them in one email? That's, no, or one, one episode. One episode yeah. That's a great idea. Um, okay. We could just make a newsletter of all of our criticism and send it out to all of our listen, responses out to all of our listeners. That's what, could, that's what our monthly email could be about right, if sure. we ever get one. It's Smilf, the TV show. Oh, right. Um, it, uh, I believe it's on a Showtime show. And um, it's just, it's got two seasons and it's recently been canceled. Um, they were making their, they were really pushing the uh, media behind Smilf at South by Southwest when we were there. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah, it hadn't come out yet. And we were at the Smilf, we were at the show, Showtime or Showcase house. Okay. And uh, Smilf, they were giving away Smilf merch. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Um, I it's a show. It's Smilf, so S M I L F single mom. I'd like to fuck. Um, and it's created, uh, produced, written by lead actress uh, Frankie Shaw, and she um, plays a single mom who's a babe, and it's set in Boston. And Rosie O'Donnell plays her mother, and all the characters are just very like I watch it. And I'm like. This is believable, even though it's obviously a show and it's like kind of, kind of like, you know, larger than life. The characters are all Holy people shit, I dude. find. Frankie Shaw's a babe. Yeah, she's a babe. Whoa. Anyway, um, I, I highly recommend it. Once we get into like episode 10 of season one, it takes a very dark turn. And that's, I'm, I'm about like episode 10 or 11. So it does get pretty dark, but, um, but it, it also has qu- some quite good humor in it. So I would highly recommend that. So the reason um, this is, uh, controversial is, is, is Frankie Shaw the one that's potentially getting sued? Yeah. She's, um, what was it? Sexual misconduct or something? On set misconduct. Oh, right, 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 right. So she was, she was requesting that her actors, well, there's a ton of sex in it, obviously, in the show, right. and there's a lot of um, nudity, uh, a lot of like male frontal nudity, actually. Nice. Um, yeah, it is kind of nice. Uh, also diverse. It's it's actually also one of the most diverse shows that I've seen um, in terms of like bodies and um, colors and all that kind of stuff but uh I, I i really liked it so but apparently yeah it says um it says uh she inappropriately handled sex scenes in a completely unprofessional right. way so basically yeah so like asking actors to kind of do what they might not feel comfortable doing yeah right that's yeah. a big deal it is it's a, big and it, it, it's a bit it's a bit funny to still support the show with you know, like we we don't we 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 have that big question in the air of like, do you separate the person from their art? Um, and yeah, yep, it's a big it's a big deal. Yeah, it's All a big right. deal. Well, uh, yeah, you took, go watch you, the show if you, you're down with sexual misconduct. Wow. Okay, you really took the controversial route there. Uh, what am I going to recommend? I'm going to recommend something that I came across uh, on our little trip. Um, and this isn't something I think that is going to really be new for many people, but maybe it is. It was new for me. And I, I, I like to keep my ear to the ground when it comes to music. I like music a lot and I like a very broad, um, my, my spectrum in, in which I, music I will listen to is, is, is pretty much as broad as it can go. I'll listen to metal. I'll listen to 
rap. I'll listen to soul, jazz, R&B. You fucking name it. I do. I fucking like country. Um, not big on like shitty pop country. You know, yeah. you keep, keep your Keith Urban to yourself. You know, or your Garth Brooks. I'm not big on that. But like real country. Yeah. Well, this is actually. I, I'm going to recommend a country album here. Oh. Um, uh, his name is Orville Peck. That's O R V I L L E. Orville Peck. And he just dropped a new album this year. Uh, it's the only album he has, I believe. And it is called Pony. And this guy's really interesting. If you look him up, he wears this like homemade Lone Ranger mask, which is a bit of fucking tacky, like the whole I'm going to cover my identity thing. But his Instagram, it like he really owns it. Okay. And he's there's something extraordinarily sexy about this guy. However, when it comes to his music... He has just, God has given him a voice and he is using that voice and he has a very low register. So he's got this very like, um, I mean, he sounds like what I would picture the Lone Ranger to sound like if he was going to sing. Yeah. You know, he's, and he sounds like he's riding a horse the whole time he's singing. He's got this very beautifully rich, low voice and uh, his music's very, uh, very beautiful. So Orville Peck, go check him out. Um, I mean, if I was wearing some of those period-proof panties, they would be a soaked, if you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying, baby. Yeah. So, uh, Orville Peck, go check that out. That is, uh, that is it for this week's Just the Tips. We should probably, like, find a way to add, like, I don't know, segment music or some shit. Let's just get tacky as fuck with it. <laughs> uh, do you want to hit a brain boner really quickly? Yeah. Real quick. All right, Here let's we go. Do it. This brain burner that you think that we've covered, but I can I tell you right like now we, we have may have not. covered. We'll let our listeners get back to us on this one. Dear Jeremy and Bridie, uh, wait, this came in. Um, okay, this came in September. Dear Je- Jeremy and Bridie, after about two years of long discussions and tons of research, my husband and I decided to open up our marriage and pursue polyamory. We weren't sure how to start this adventure in conservative Alberta, so we decided to try apps like Bumble and OkCupid first. My husband has had a ton of success, so much that after three weeks, he deleted the apps because he had begun to develop three serious relationships with three incredible women. I, on the other hand, have really struggled. I've been on one date so far, and it was such a dud that the guy didn't even have the decency to walk me to my car afterwards. I'm matching with people and really putting myself out there, but no one seems interested. Or they do, until it sinks in I have a husband, at which point they disappear. I'm struggling because I am so happy for my husband, but I also feel insanely jealous. Not in a vengeful way, but in a, I want to feel those butterflies and be desired and wanted, too way i can't emphasize enough how happy and excited i am for him but also what a total bummer it is to be home alone with guys ghosting me while he's out on some magical sexy date so my question is threefold bridie have you run into guys who are threatened by you having a husband and if so how do you successfully foster conversations around the fact that you are poly jeremy any advice for a nice gal who is trying to find connections and to both of you, where do you recommend people go to find other poly slash poly friendly people? Any advice for this Cowtown novice would be so appreciated. Well, what do you think? I love that you're just buying yourself time to come up with an I'm answer. I'm not buying myself time. I, all right, I'll tell you what I think. Okay. 
she asked me what uh, uh, a young lady like herself can do. Um, here's the thing, man. It's especially when it when you I think when you get when you start getting back into the dating scene after a while of not doing so. For a lot of people, for a lot of us, it takes a bit of time to like find your find your groove. Um, and then add on top of that the fact that you already have a partner and you're you're trying this newish thing of of you know open relationship polyamory whatever you like to to identify as um that's another added like sort of filter that you that you have to pass through to find people that are compatible with you and when it comes to dating apps i will say this the the amount of shit that you need to sift through, whether you're a man or a woman, I think probably I'm just going to go on a limb here and, and do that general stroke brush stroke across and say, women likely have it more challenging, a lot more shit to go through based off the conversations that I've heard people actually have on these apps that literally blows my fucking mind. Some of the things that I've heard. So you know it's it is not uh, it's not one of those things that that will just happen quickly, and if it does, I think you get really lucky. Yeah. Um. So my my advice is like, don't give up. And the longer you continue at it, the more you will have this ability to like have a have an ability to see um, the bullshit faster. So yeah. you can really sift through it a little better. You know, it's like your ability to go, ah, this is not going to be worth it. I can tell just based off of like that response I just got, Sh- shove it to the side, not worth it. Or, uh, you know what, this something, there's something here. I get some intuition. I'm going to follow it. Like, th- I think you can hone those skills. Yeah. And so that would be my advice for, for this, this key Lynn, mm-hmm. which is don't, uh, be patient. Find patience in when it comes to dating, especially when dating while having a significant other. Because and and you know, I mean, it's one thing for us here in Nova Scotia. I don't think we're. I wouldn't consider Nova Scotia to be the most like conservative place in the country. But I also wouldn't consider it to be the most like left leaning, super loyal, uh, um, liberal spot either. Um, I can imagine it would be much harder in spots in Alberta. Like, at, who knows where she's from? Like. You know, if you're from Calgary, well, I don't know. Maybe it's one thing, but if you're from Red Deer, fuck, good luck. So maybe it maybe it takes like getting on Hinge and setting your Hinge application to a town outside of your town that might be a little looser. Right. I don't know, but that's that is what I would say. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was thinking like there are sometimes like poly Facebook groups and stuff like that that you can join that might connect you to people that are kind of close by to you. Um, This was like, I don't know why certain things are like red flags to me, but the first thing I noticed... I know know what you're going to (laughs) say. I know where you're going with this. (laughs) Should I not go there? No, you should, because I agree with you. Um, So you said, I've been on one date so far, and it was such a dud that the guy didn't even have the decency to walk me to my car afterwards. Is that what you thought I was going to go? No, but also I clocked that as well. (laughs) Okay. Um, 
I, is that a big deal? Um, I mean, maybe if the date sucked and like you're looking for something to, ch- to chuck him under the bus, but like, is that? It, well, if you were trying to emphasize what a dud the day was, and that was like the most dudly thing that 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 happened, then I'm like, uh, well. maybe yeah, maybe keep it up a bit. Maybe maybe that you know. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, what I, so what what made me think is like you and your husband. I don't know how long you've been together. You didn't say, but you are going out and meeting people that don't know you that haven't spent a lot of time getting to know you and getting to know your like love languages and how you feel appreciated. And it might it might be that there there's like you know, you're getting back into dating again. So maybe you're finessing the way that you state your wants and your needs um, so that those expectations can be met if your partner, the person you're dating, is is interested in meeting them. Because more likely than not, your partner that you're currently with, he's got that nailed down. He knows your buttons. And that's why he's having three serious relationships in three weeks. But... That's my other red flag. Is but that what you thought I was going to say? That's what I thought you were going to say. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Hey, we're not, we are no one to say. No. But to say that in three re- weeks, developing three serious relationships. Yeah. That sounds kind of bonkers. Yeah. Mind you, Becca and I were together for like two weeks and we were fucking hot and heavy. Yeah. That's now, true. that was one person. Yeah. I can see it with one person. Man, I, man, that is three people fucking that means technically that's four people it is easy though to get swept up in the butterflies and the new relationship energy and feel all the feelings so i imagine if you meet three amazing people at the same time yes like you've been like that there's there's been a couple different people in your life at the same time 100 percent. and the new relationship energy thing i can totally see yeah um but like you know in three weeks to find like three three extra lifetime partners. Yeah. That just sounds fucking yeah. so wild to me. So it might be like, I think especially when dealing with jealousy and dealing with uncomfortable feelings, you have to really examine the stories that you're telling yourself about what's actually happening. And Very good point, Friday. I think that it, it might take some like, well, it, it does take some soul searching when you start, venturing out on a new path and fucking you know what sucks is that everybody you get into a kind of relationship with has different needs and wants and they're gonna have different bullshit too and you have to it's not all like fun and games you have to like you have to do the work if you want to be in relationship with people they just they just all are so particular, and I, I, I know when I realized it. You know, a, a couple of dates, per people, a couple of people into the hope, open relationship, where I was like, "Oh man, I gotta like, I have a responsibility over other people's emotions." Well, no, not emotions, but like, I, I like, I have to be responsible for feelings for for these kinds of things, the feelings and stuff, and. Yeah and talk about them and hold space for them and all that kind of stuff. So it, it is, it isn't certainly not all rainbows and hot sex. It's hard work. It's hard work. Sometimes the hard work pays off. Yeah. Sometimes. And I really, in terms of fostering conversations around being poly, I think I just explicitly put it on all my dating apps, like right off the bat, like married poly, Get at me if you want to play. Again, that's the, that's one of your filters right there. Yeah. Like that is one of the things that will go, 
worth my time or not worth my time? Yeah. If someone if someone steps up and goes, "Hey, this poly thing, I don't know, but like maybe maybe you and I could like kind of leave your husband." Like, you know, that's like an easy like, "Oh, yeah, this is gross. I don't want anything to do with this." But if yeah. you find someone who goes, "Polly, oh, that's interesting. I I listen to Turn Me On podcast and my favorite two hosts of any podcast I've ever listened to, they're Polly." <laughs> and then you can go, "Oh my god, me too." And then boom, there you go. You found your your next husband. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's fair for someone to get, ha- you know, a few steps in and be like, you know what? I'm not totally down with Polly. That's going to be. That will happen. That will happen. That's happened many a time. Yeah. And, and it's a and, bummer. Yeah. And it sucks. And then you take it home and you sit with it and it may fucking suck because it might be the same night that your husband's out having a fun, sexy date and you got to sit there with your uncomfortable feelings and go, what am I telling myself about this situation? How can I be a little bit easier on myself? Not make up stories, not like tell myself, you know, think like it's it's not working or that I'm not worth it or that my husband's gonna have way more fun than me or whatever the stories you are that telling yourself that aren't serving you, that are making you feel more like crap. You kind of have to notice that you're having them and go, okay, I'm not, yeah. I'm gonna try to switch this around. Well, I hope that helps. There was a lot. There's a lot of questions in that one question. Yeah, I feel for you. I, I, it's, it's a friggin' rodeo out there. Yeah, get it, Alberta. Speaking of rodeo, yeah, uh, let's rodeo right on into this week's episode. <laughs> um, it, we recorded this a fucking forever ago. I, I kind of forget about part of the conversation, but what I do remember is that our guest today, Ali. Uh, was a hoot. She's an author, self-published author, um, and her her book is. I think it's out now. Is it not? Oh yeah, it's out. She um she stopped by. She's from uh, British Columbia, but she stopped by here in Halifax uh, on a book tour um, just before she went on a big Europe trip. So she should be getting back now. She said she said she'd be back in October, um, just in time to hear this episode. She uh, her book is called Unpacked, a memoir of checked baggage, and, uh, and you're I've, a big fan of the book. I, eh? I, I'm liking it. Yeah. yeah, I'm still making my way through it. I'm a slow reader, but yeah, um, but yeah, I I was surprisingly, you know, when someone's like, I wrote a book, you want to read it? There's always a party that's like, yeah, I'll read your book. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, no, I'm actually I, I quite like. She's a great storyteller. She's a lovely person to have in the studio, and. Uh, I and think? we take a we take a deep dive into what it was like to r- write a book about something so personal, and yeah, I'm excited for you to listen to this episode. Hope you love it as much as we did. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, having said that, I'm gonna go rest my voice, and we'll see you on the other side. Like, that's hilarious. Well, <laughs> yeah. that's right. Here we are. And uh, I, guess I we wish can... we got that on. on a... No, no. no. <laughs> gossip. We'll, we'll keep that. So off. my friend. Yeah, we'll keep that <laughs> off the mic. Um, uh, but uh, this is really exciting. Um, you know, yeah. Allie and I have been sitting here before Brady. You kind of showed up a little bit late, but uh, we've been sitting here and and sort of uh, uh, discussing all of your recent travels and adventures. Uh, you're coming all the way from... Salt Spring Island. Our old, very Stomping brief grounds. home. Brief, brief indeed. Six months. months. Right. And, yeah. and as I recall, 
someone told me it was also called Bed Springs Island because it was, it was uh, quite yeah. A I heard place. that that was maybe from the sixties or seventies Bed Springs, but it is still very much Bed Springs. Yeah, and why? Not really why, with me, but <laughs> why did people call it that? Wasn't it? Be, isn't it because there's a lot of like there was a lot of swingers on the island? Yeah, and a lot of people like didn't know who their dad. Their, their like father was oh. and they would like it'd be a kind of community and they would go up and i don't know i don't know so much about that time obviously that just I, I sounds like in 2014 but that sounds like that's PEI. the rumors yeah of just it is like hippies 2014 i moved there 2014 oh we were there in 2012 i thought 13 but no, sure 12 yeah. To 13 yeah oh, right yeah. Winter. yeah may 2014 i moved to salt spring and I was I spent a year in Toronto before that, and then Europe before that, and that's what, where the book is set. Mm-hmm. But, and you was right. I so didn't you, realize it was so recent. You were back in in Canada two years then. No, no, no. No, uh, 2013. Yeah, it's been five five years. Um, mm-hmm. No, six years back in Canada, and a, basically in a week. No, so tonight. Tonight I fly to Europe. To, for a 10-year reunion with folks I worked with in a hostel in Amsterdam. So your book... How long did it take you to write this? Six years on and off. Okay. Uh, it's called Unpacked. Yeah. A memoir of Czech baggage. Mm-hmm. Uh, did, full disclosure, I haven't read it, but we did, <laughs> do we have a copy of this? Yes. Or we it's have a bag. copy of it? Mm-hmm. Okay. I feel like I've seen this. I was like, I've seen this book. <laughs> yeah. Um, you're reading it. Yeah. Thank fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how to read. Is it a picture book? Uh, then the I'm not going to touch is, it. It's pretty big. But yeah, that is, it's that a comfortable. It's comfortable yeah. even on my exhausted old eyes. <laughs> yeah. I, from sitting at a computer all day, and I pick up a book and I go, I can't, "I'm not. I'm not going to strain over this book. The font no. is too small. I know. But this is. I a, made it an appropriate font. It's. Very I self published it, so I had all control over every little detail so what was that what's that process like i've I've talked to a couple people thinking about self-publishing um yeah i've it's definitely a learning curve but um basically if you have a file that's formatted there's programs that can format it you can just go to amazon like kdp kindle direct printing and upload a file and then they'll send you a book, like a pre-sale book. What? Yeah, I mean, it, obviously, That's it takes cool. a lot more work than that. Just that, nah, but sounds pretty easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It took about a year. I, I actually do a self-publishing workshop. I have it's like an hour and a half, and I've been kind of touring with it one-on-one and group, small groups. But um, there's a whole marketing, and there's a whole like where you want the manuscript to be. So from first full draft. It takes about a year to the launch. Right. Yeah. Okay. So and it takes a lot of time to get to that first full draft, too. Well, I guess the yeah. first thing uh, I will say is congratulations. Oh, thank you. That's pretty fucking epic. Yeah. Um, and then the second thing is, uh, I mean, I'm sure we'll dive into this, but Brady, you've been reading it. And I know you're not all the way through, but um, what, what's, the, what's the book about? So it's about my five years living abroad as a nomad in Europe and how I had to escape from this off-grid community in the Spanish Pyrenees and from a partner there, basically. I, I'm really into it. It's been a long time since I've uh, read a book cover to cover. And <coughs> I, I'm, I think I'm about um, chapter five or chapter six in and I'm like, 
I'm like reading it in the tub. I'm like reading nice. it whenever I can, and any any free moment that I have. Nice. And uh, and it's really it's really keeping my interest. Uh, yeah I've heard I've definitely had some good feedback with like I couldn't put it down and I laughed and I cried and actually a lot of couples are reading it to each other interesting oh that's cute yeah it's like a nice like read aloud we used to do that it's funny because yeah it was with um uh Pride and Prejudice Dr. Seuss no yeah (laughs) no no we used to do it with Pride and Prejudice you would read a chapter of Pride and Prejudice to me, mm-hmm. and then I would read it a chat the, the, the same, same chapter. number chapter, but it was Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Yeah, it, it was, was fun. It was fun. Yeah. And our niece, our niece who was like seven at the time, was really into the zombies. So, <laughs> yeah, that's right. um, but I, it's interesting because uh, Jeremy on the way here, he was like, w- "Where, where does it take place?" And I was like, "I, I, I think Europe. I don't know because I don't have a brain for those details." But what it right. it. Skim over the names of the exactly, places. but what it captures, like for me, so clearly is that f- that feeling of like the gradual demise <laughs> of a dynamic and a relationship, and also that that awful period of time where you're going, I don't know if I should be in this relationship anymore, and yeah. how long it so takes stuck. to yeah. make make those decisions. Because I felt so stuck physically because I was in the middle of a national park where you had to an hour hike to a car which we didn't have so it was a four-hour hike to a town that we could like hitchhike into another town and there were like <clears throat> wild boars and you could get lost really easily like we got lost like my partner at the time we got lost for two days and so like physically I felt so stuck in this remote community two days is a long fucking time I know I know it's in the book but uh, (laughs) I'm like maybe this will make a good story if I survive you know um so I felt yeah and then emotionally stuck like I loved this person we had a dog together like we were supposed to have this life we were engaged and yeah it was just so hard it was the hardest decision I had had ever had to make but um yeah there was a point where I felt like outside of myself like I would there was this lookout point into this beautiful valley and mountains and like snowy peaks and no one around and at first I'm like this is amazing like I you know we're gonna be homesteading and away from society and then once it got bad with the relationship, I was like, I, how am I going to get out of this? Mm. And like, I saw myself from above, like looking down and being like, you know, this is the hardest thing you're ever going to have to do, but you'll be so happy once you leave. And I could like see myself like stressing out and being like, what should I do? And I love him. And, but yeah, it was kind of this wild moment of like out of body experience kind of. Turn Me On will be right back after this word from our sponsors. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. What well, I mean uh if if getting into i hope getting in this isn't like spoilers for the book but like what what um i i feel like this is a a sort of crossroad where almost everyone who who listens to this podcast has at one point in their life been to that you know that moment where you're like what am i doing like yeah. am I gonna am I gonna continue down this path of this relationship or should I just end it? Yeah. Um, and I know that those moments are very different for every. You're gonna fucking hate that if you're taking a drink of that. It <laughs> what is. is uh, it? It's 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 a, a white chocolate mocha. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, everyone who gets yeah. to that path that that you know that, that sort of road. fork in the mm-hmm. road, everyone's reasons are different. Um, and for some people, it's like very clear. You know, it's like, this is, you know, it's an abusive relationship. Like, yeah, obviously get the fuck out. Yeah. But then, but then oftentimes it's like really not clear. Yeah. Yeah. Like, am I giving it enough chance? Like, yeah. Is it just hard to live in the mountains? And yeah. So what was it for you? Like, was it the was turning it, point? Yeah. What was the, or, or at least what was the, the catalyst to, to ending to, to your, to you ending up at that fork in the road? Yeah. Well, the guys, so it was all about eight Spanish men and me. There are no women or children around. And uh, I'm they, sorry, eight Spanish men and you. This book just totally <laughs> fucking changed. And Holy was that shit. the One alternate? Man, that was the alternate title. <laughs> yeah, eight Spanish men and me yeah, by un- Ali Cor. <laughs> Unpacked, still pretty good title for that one, I think. Um, so no one had a driver's license, and they wanted to get a vehicle because we didn't have one. And they said, okay, we're going to go into town. We want you to sign up for insurance on this vehicle because you have the license. And so we made a trip into town, and that was my space, like, away from him. And it had gotten, like, really, really bad at that point. Like, fighting and shit like that? Yeah, fighting. It just escalated, like, calling me all these names. Like, you know, he would just turn, like, oh, you're such a slut and, like, not in a good way. And, (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, like you know bitch and it just kept every day it was something else like I would do something wrong and he would be like you're not you know head in the clouds and then just yeah like he called me a cunt and that was like okay that crossed that line and, and he then was, he was not, started not English yeah well he's Dutch so his English is quite oh, right, okay. they do say anyway but and then it started to become a bit physical like showing oh. showing his strength oh, like wow, okay like whipping coffee grounds like past my face or like punching the wall or like not me but like showing like he's really mad he like kicked a dog once like and then it got to 
these like blankets all folded up and he was like hitting me with with these blankets anyway so that was my like fuck I need to get out of here I'm going to town I'm supposed to sign insurance papers which stressed me out so much but this could be my chance to book a flight so that's where the book starts oh fuck so like oh wow yeah so like it was a full-on escape well I mean yes but I also wasn't going to leave from that moment like I didn't Mm. have anything on me I didn't Mm -hmm. I had to like I could book it but then I you know I would have to come back and like pack some things and sort Mm -hmm. some things out Mm -hmm. and so it was yeah going back and forth in my mind of like do I stay and having space made a big difference as soon as I was away from his like watching eye kind of he was always like looking to see if I'd screw up and and just being away it's still it still made me like sick and actually this moment where I'm back and forth back and forth and I saw another mother and child and the mother was screaming at the kid for like dropping a piece of fruit or something and I was like it just hit me and I was like this I am that child like that Mm. is what I'm going through like it triggered me um seeing their dynamic in a market farmer's market and I was like no I need to book this flight but yeah that's what um the all that I loved I said this to Jeremy too in the car on the way I love the back and forth in time um and now that you're saying what you're what you're saying it seems like a really great device to 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 like illustrate how that debate the debate like this side of it and then but then I'm here I am yeah and then the fragmented mind it's especially in in a crisis like that you're like just yeah whirlwind back and forth is horrible and then just making a decision like was such a relief so and then yeah so the book is structured the first part is in the Pyrenees and it kind of jumps around in stories and highs and lows and goat births and goat deaths and I just read about the goat births yeah I read that one at the at the book launches because it's just so sweet and and then it goes I'm at the cafe wondering whether to book the flight or not and then it flashes back to two timelines one backpacking through Europe and working in tourism and working at this hostel in Amsterdam and then another timeline of going to this community to meet Yosef. I mean, not to meet Yosef, but I just started woofing at a community in the Netherlands, and the reader knows that I'm about to meet this person, but me as a character doesn't know like what to expect. And then the red flags are that much more obvious mm. because the reader is like, uh, this guy's actually not good for you. Right. And doing these things, like, it's not a healthy relationship, but yeah me as a character is like oh someone you know I don't have an expiry date I'm not like moving around all the time and this person wants to commit with to me and Mm. and at first it seems great and he seems like this alternative like radical guy a farmer dude and then it just like there's it just turns once we get off once we get isolated you gotta be careful those those radicals <laughs> those radical farmer dudes <laughs> yeah. uh what was the process like of of sort of you know that this there's a lot to this that seems 
to have been, uh, you know, a bit traumatic in terms of an experience that you've had in, in oh, yeah. your life. Uh, what's the process like for you of of rehashing that and bringing that back up, and and not not just like bring it back up and thinking about it over coffee, but like yeah. fucking bringing it up, delving into it, and then putting editing, the, you know, six years of writing over and over and over again, pages of it, you know, yeah. like yeah. What's that like? It was tough, um, but super therapeutic. Like as soon as I got back from the Pyrenees. Uh, I got right into a writing class at, in Ryerson. I took like a night class and I would be talking about, yeah, like the wood stove smells of juniper and, uh, and people, and the, you know, creating a scene and people are like, Oh, when was that? I'm like, Oh, like a month ago. They're like, what? <laughs> like in Toronto and like this very intense scene. Um, but uh, yeah, writing has always been, therapeutic for me just to get it out of my head out of cycling again and again in my head because I can be kind of obsessive and out on paper and (coughs) and it would sometimes because I wouldn't write every day like I don't write every day but I put myself into five-day writing retreats I live in a cabin now off the grid on Salt Spring but um I would between Christmas and New Year's like not many people ask things from me and so I just like don't I'm not going anywhere I'm stocking up on food and propane and I'm just writing and no one bother me at all I'm Mm. not responding emails and that's how I would finish the book but it would bring me to this really like dark place especially reading it out loud Mm. because I'm like saying the words that he used to say to me but I have control over it now like I'm in control of like the story my perspective and now sharing it, like I feel so much more above it and having closure and yeah. I want to talk a little more about that process because I I know that memory is one of those funny things that like the the more we replay things in the in our minds, we can add things, we can take things away, we can really alter tone and and context and things like that. And so, not that we really can, we really do. We do. Like, oh, that's yeah. just that's just the nature of memory is that it's it's not you know it, it, it's oftentimes mm. not it what becomes we, a story and then it, yeah exactly. you remember the story that's and, right yeah so i'm yeah i'm wondering how you how you checked that yeah. while you were you know trying to be uninhibited in your writing and get it out there i just yeah was yeah. that voice there yeah well i took very detailed journal notes throughout Mm. my trip and traveling backpacking especially and also I was documenting a lot it's interesting now the documenting everything but in 2008 2000 yeah 2008 when I was traveling to 2012 13 um I was taking a lot of video making travel videos and taking photos and just I was traveling alone for a lot of it so I just was like alone in my writing of it so that but still even in the moment like it's it's your perception of what happened and part of the book making a narrative you do combine something scenes that happened over and over and over again you boil it down into one Mm -hmm. and it's more intense and things did happen to what I remember and but not necessarily all in one day, right? Or all in one like nicely packaged scene. Hmm. 
But some things I'm like, did that happen or did I? Am I just like, right, did I write it, like read it so many times that, yeah. But I know it's something that would have happened and that they would have said like that. So, yeah, there's a little bit of leeway. Mm. And also writing yourself as a character is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because <laughs> I definitely write myself as like a naive you always think you're naive in the past and then I'm like what am I am I naive now like am I gonna <laughs> think I'm naive like next year yeah, <laughs> yeah, <right>. um, <laughs> but I'm definitely like a brave naive character sexual like hypersexual too in the book I def I go into like a lot of personal sex scenes which has been interesting to what, put yeah out what's there. that like to put that out on, on paper it's fun to put out on paper um is there something sort of like, it. is there, so, yeah, is there like sort of, is there something inherently, you know, um, sexual about it? Like, is it, is it kind of a turn on to be like, oh yeah, like I'm going to go back and yeah, yeah. Write, it, write out that entire experience. It is because you're, you're remembering it vividly. And also you're like, well, would the hand go here or would it go here? And you know, it's, mm. there are some, some moments in it that did turned me on <laughs> um but it's a little it is on your mind when you like sell a book you're like you're gonna read about me masturbating <laughs> mm-hmm. like and like squirting for the first time and yeah it's a lot is in there but i just have to be yeah uh, like not really care yeah it crosses my mind so few times like every now and then somebody would be like, especially at the yoga studio, someone will walk in and they'll be like, I was just listening to your episode on the car on the way over here. And I'm like, uh, what did I say? What yeah. did I say? But most of the time, I don't, I don't think you can think yeah. about it. Yeah. Like, I know. Cause it, you can't let it stop you. And I'm like, what does it really matter? Like, does it? And then it was before I published and I just had this moment of like, okay, well it's going to be out there. It's going to be out of my control the story is good like the book is going to have its own life because people can order it on amazon and like not directly through me like you can but anyone can read it basically and i'm like you know i just don't care i want the story out there more than i care about someone reading about me having sex yeah yeah what someone thinks about you squirting for the first time <laughs> well it's funny because i feel like the book naturally opens like that page <laughs> so many times people are like so i got ali's book and like opened it up and like what the oh my <laughs> god that's like out of context it's a little much but uh, yeah <laughs> when you're that's writing uh when you're writing about people that are real human beings mm-hmm. what's what's the process like of of kind of giving them a heads up or asking yeah. their permission or yeah. or do you yeah i yeah. mean everyone who i had their contact i got in touch and said hey i wrote this memoir um about our time then there's a chapter or two set in amsterdam and during our wild and wonderful times there do you want me to change your name or do you <laughs> and if you want your name changed what do you want it to be and everyone was like oh no it's fine like just first name you know yeah and I don't let them I'm not like is it okay that I wrote about this I'm saying like you're in it and but if you want me to change your characteristics and name then I will but and then the people I couldn't get a hold of I just changed their name and then the person the there's a few people that I'm like no, I don't. I just changed their characteristics and their name, and yeah, it's 
some high school stuff was a bit intense. Like I just flash back to a few high school things and uh, yeah, that's yeah. A little iffy on like, I don't want them to read it really, but if what, about do, your, mm. what about your, what about your boy, like your, your ex-boyfriend? I, re- I sent him a copy. And did you hear back? Uh, well, I sent a message when I was sending messages to everyone else, and I, I, I changed his name in it. <coughs> so in the book, he's Yosef. And in real life, no. Um, <laughs> in real life, he's Yosef. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I just said, you know, just a heads up, it's coming out in June, and... Uh, it's about our time together. And he read the first chapter because I put it out there on my website like a year ago or a couple of years ago. And he said something about like, oh, my public crucifixion or something. But I was just like, well, I'll send you a copy when it's done. And then I did. And I sent him a soap with it too. <laughs> <laughs> to wash his ears out, yeah. his eyes out. <laughs> God, yeah, scrub it. Yeah, I think I haven't heard back like specifically from the book. But I don't know. I don't feel like I need any more closure on it I was talking about this last night with a friend like because I'm going over to Europe I'm going to the Netherlands and he's there somewhere uh, living there again and I was like do I need to see him like what what would I get out of it like I don't need to be like okay you know what chapter 12 you this happened and like I want an apology like I just don't I don't feel like I need that I don't feel like I need to like clear up old things I don't I don't know so it's undecided whether I'm going to see him over there or not. Mm. But. There are some people from my past for when I think about them and and seeing them again, there is like an ache that happens somewhere in me. It might not be like my heart or maybe it is and it dulls kind of over time, but the sometimes it's probably in my gut or like my stomach, you know, where my tension is. Um do you uh, you're nodding so i assume you i didn't you understand that <laughs> that physical sensation but do you have any of that sort of apprehension that shows up physically not with yosef i i was like well this is my story i don't i'm not lying i'm not making anything like if i if i made something up and i would feel like oh god that might kick me in the ass but this is like no this is my story and Maybe if I saw him, yeah, mm-hmm. I would be like, oh, is he going to trigger something inside of me? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like great right now, but you never know in that dynamic. He could say one thing in a certain way that would just like affect me. So, yeah, I get I tune into those feelings for sure in the gut and of like if it feels really good or like absolutely not. So. Yeah, well, I'm visiting a lot of other friends who are in the book over in Europe, so that will be fun. And that's what sparked publishing the book. Because a year and a half ago, my friend Tom was like, September 2019, Flying Pig reunion. We're going to go to Croatia to another friend's hostel. We all work together. And I was like, I got to finish this book before then because I can't go with a not finished book about these people. So, um <laughs> So yeah, I fly out tonight, which is really wild to think about. That's exciting. Yeah, that's gonna be really fun. And I just drove across the country, <laughs> like published, like launching the book, going all these places. It's been a big reunion, like back in Toronto, because I grew up there, and like reading these words to my friends that I grew up with and family as well. And 
Yeah, my parents, um, they had a hard time reading the book. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Because it's so, my mom's like, it's just so personal. I'm like, it's a memoir, mom. <laughs> Is it, was it hard because there was a lot there that they just weren't privy to? Yeah. 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 Because I would tell them, like, well, the relationship's hard. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. not like he's calling me a bitch every day or... And and I'd be like, oh, I'm at the hostel and, you know, it's fine. But I'm like, I have no money and like hopping on a train to not like on top of the train, but like, you know, without paying a ticket and just they were they were pretty shocked with I redacted their version. Actually, <coughs> they they got like a scratched out and like ripped out pages like the sex. A lot of the sex is not in that in their version. Right. Sure. They don't need to read that. So, but yeah, and but they were like the drugs and the. But I'm like I'm, I wouldn't be able to write about it now, if I was still in that place, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like I feel I'm on Salt Spring. I'm like a soap maker at the market. Like I just feel like I'm leading a much more innocent life now, mm-hmm. like more natural. And when I first moved to Salt Spring, I stopped drinking for two years. And like in the book, I'm like really experimenting with drugs and drinking and yeah just working in hostels in amsterdam and the south of spain like that all kind of catches up to you a bit party central yeah Yeah. and there and i'm like so many people are relating to this book and my my dad's like really like horrified (laughs) like people are relating to this but um yeah it brought up some stuff because they're kind of in the book a little bit too Mm. you can't change their name right my of stepmom course. and then my stepdad, <laughs> like, yeah. together. I don't know. But, yeah, it's just, again, talking about the different perceptions of, uh, yeah, growing up. I mean, everyone has a different view on on how it was growing up. And they were just a bit, like, shocked a bit of how I represented that. I, I only touch on it, really. But. Right. Well, I mean, I, I, I'm not a big writer, um, you know, I, I do write uh, from time to time for, because of my work, but like I don't. He travels around performing speeches that he writes, yeah. which is quite a bit of writing. Yeah, yeah, it is. But like, it's not this much fucking writing, dude. Look at all <laughs> this, and like, and and I'm I'm sitting here thinking about like the amount that you write. You know, like even in your journal, like I see your journals laying around the house or like stacked up in like the fucking attic, and I'm like, my god, that's there's so like you could probably take everything you've written that exists with under the roof of our house and compile it all into a book that would I'm sure be super boring. Mm, I was going to say wildly, I was going to say wildly fascinating. There, there's but. a lot there's a lot of like like uh it, my thoughts get interrupted by like random mathematical equations that I need to figure out and like really disjointed thoughts and I write a lot when I'm smoking weed and I really I'll look back on it the next time I'll be like some start what the fuck does that say yeah um, there's complete editing. total words missing from this thought but I, I do know that the process of writing and whether it's writing about yourself or it's writing random math equations that pop into your head while you're trying to you know make some random thoughts while you're stoned on weed <laughs> or writing Writing some completely fictional character that has nothing to do with you or your life um, can be a very, like, revealing um, experience. And, and like, you, you tend to, like, learn a lot about yourself 
through that process. Now, again, I'm speaking from like the very small amount that I've written. What would you say is like one of the biggest things that you've learned about yourself through the process of writing a, an entire book? Well, definitely seeing, because I left that relationship being like, how the fuck did I end up in a relationship like that? Like, I thought I was so independent. and But then I just really could analyze where I was coming from, from like a relationship way and like a sexual way and uh, see the red flags and like learn how to have a healthy relationship, I guess would be the most important thing, like relationship with myself and with another partner because I was just stuck in this cycle. I would always go for the same person, you know, emotionally unavailable, doesn't want what I want, and then just I become obsessed with them. And like in the book too, there's kind of a turn where, uh, well, so Yosef wants to introduce a triad into our relationship, but like not not in a healthy way, not in like, basically we're in love, deeply committed. And then he's like, by the way, I still have a, I have a girlfriend in the States and I want her to be part of our relationship. And I didn't know anything about her. And I, he's like, it's kind of an ultimatum, you know, like this is happening or we have to break up. And, and he would always like talk about her in a way that would, I just felt so insecure, so jealous, like overwhelmed with Mm. jealousy. And it could have been handled so much differently. Like I didn't meet her. She was a mystery to me. And I kind of went along with it because I was coming from a very insecure place. I'm like, well, maybe it would work. And she's in the States. Like, we're in the Netherlands. Like, okay, they Skype a few times. Like, it's, and then she was like, I don't, you know, I never want to talk to you again. And so I was the cool girlfriend, like, oh, that's so, that's too bad. And, you know, like, maybe one day. And then, but secretly, (laughs) I'm like, well, hopefully that doesn't pan out and just kind of see what happens. But then after that, I, and I was like playing with the idea, you know, I'm like, I'm, I could be open to that. Like I'm alternative and maybe it could work. And there was this other lover that I'm like, I would love to see him again and uh, make that all work. And, and, uh, but I turned super insecure about, and then jealous. And then I became upset. Like, I think I was addicted to Yosef actually Mm. seeing it and like reading what my, my writing and just analyzing it like that. I, had to be around him all the time. I felt like sick if I was away for too long. I couldn't be away for more than a few days. Mm. Just not healthy. Isn't that crazy? We do that. We get we. Yeah. we I've yeah. never thought about that, but they, like it, we do, we do that. We get addicted to people. Yeah, and and like addicted in the in the sense of like not that not a healthy like thing. codependent. Yeah, I guess. you yeah. know. Yeah, it was intense. Mm-hmm. And even on the community, I would be talking to someone else on the land and I'd just be like always looking around for him and like not feeling comfortable unless I was around him. So mm. I could really analyze that by writing about it, reading it. And then you're formatting a book, like a narrative. So you're like, well, this happened then. And then this turn, this is the twist there. And then, yeah, if you look at your life like a like a book or like you're a character, then you can really step outside of yourself and analyze like, 
oh, old Allie again, up to her old tricks, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> of yeah. course you'd go for this person, and that didn't work out, And but I'm in a very healthy relationship now. And what's, what has it been like for, has your partner read the book? Well, no. <laughs> okay. And is that is there is is that because it's not something that you want him to do or is it not something that he's really interested in like really going that deep into your your intimate past with others? Yeah, it's part of that. It's 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 complicated. I can imagine he, that would be a bit weird. It's it's rare to like date a memoir writer. Yeah. Who, like yeah. in a relationship basically his side of it is that like, I just want to get to know you organically you know like the stories yeah. come up can and you imagine <laughs> just if upon our first date I was like here's my collection of here's um, some prerequisite reading <laughs> well <laughs> dude you know what it's Before like we date. when I like if I go on a first date like here in the city and or you know somewhere else in the country and it's with someone who's like oh and by the way I've listened to all of t- your podcasts I'm like Hmm. Yeah. Well, you Here know, we you know a lot. Yeah. You know, you Starting. know, you know a lot and I don't know much. Yeah. And it, it is a bit of a weird thing. Yeah. You know? And he also said it's, it would be really hard for him to see me in that position. It yeah. can't be easy. Right. To, like read a very vivid description of your partner being in a, an abusive relationship. Yeah. So it's been hard. I've had to like, like, cause a year ago I'm like, Okay, you know the memoir's done, it's so ready. when are you gonna read it? And, yeah. and a part of me is like, accept my baggage, but yeah, I just have to let that go. I mean, through therapy has helped. Um, I went for a few years, and then I revisited my therapist because I was like, you need to read this book, and then we need to talk about it before mm. I put this out to the world. And I talked about, I'm like, yeah, he hasn't read the book, and we've been fighting about it. Like, we really don't fight. Like, it's very rare for us to really have an argument, actually. And, um, but it brought up really heavy, complicated feelings because he doesn't want to be forced into reading this. And I want him to know that part of me to, like, accept that part. But my therapist was like, this isn't you anymore. Like, he's meeting mm-hmm. you. You've worked through this stuff. Like you have got like it's literally called a memoir of checked baggage. Like you have very like delved into these issues and learning what you want in a partner and learning how you are. You wouldn't make the same choices that you made in the book. Mm-hmm. So he's accepting you where you are now and he doesn't need to read all that other stuff to accept you. Yeah. So That makes sense. It does. Yeah, it yeah. does. It's all very mm-hmm. logical. It's it's a little stings a like a little bit because sure, it comes up. You're like, oh, what's your partner think? I'm like, well, of course, because and, this yeah. is you've created. You know, I mean, of course, this is a memoir, memoir, and it's about you. But you've created this, right? Like, this is a, and as a creative, as a creative type, it's like the. Of course, you want your your loved ones and your friends and the people close to you to like see the thing you've made. Yeah, you know? and like, there's I spent so much time. There's on it so and... much work that goes into doing something like this, and so. You know, the, your your partner would be like the first person that you want to yeah. share that with. Yeah. But again, it's it's a it's a memoir. You know, it's a it's a, it's a very personal thing. And and I I get like you know the way you said that your therapist put it. Um, this this isn't you. 
anymore. Yeah. You know, you've worked, you've worked, you're, you're beyond this. You've worked through this. Yeah. And, uh, and so I, I get it. Like, I get how that would be really challenging to yeah. kind of like. Just move, just not, uh, force it. And he mm-hmm. said he'd read it when he's ready. So yeah. I just need, and, and the thing is like, he was there when I was writing it and he's on this trip with me as I'm going across the country. Like he's at the readings, he's filming, like he's been is he the going most to, supportive. Is he going to partner. Europe with you? No, he's actually driving back. Oh, okay. He's okay. driving the van back with his dad. <laughs> All right. His dad's flying out and then I go to Europe and then fly London to Vancouver in a month. Okay. So yeah, he's wow. driving my van back across <laughs> the country. Like he is, I've never been in such a supportive relationship. Like he is amazing mm-hmm. and so kind and like we're, we're gentle with each other and like we have fun and he's also like a traveler, but have, you know, having roots on salt springs. So I had this moment where like he was really grumpy one day and, and I was like, oh man, he's really grumpy. Like, oh, but it has, it's not to do with me. So I'll just like give him space and you know, it, it won't affect me. And then I'm like, I'm in a healthy relationship. <laughs> like I'm not taking his grumpiness as my fault and being like, what can I do? And what did I do? And, mm. you know, so mm-hmm. yeah, we've both, I think, you know, I'm 33 and he's 41 and you, you have baggage. Just when you meet someone, we've been together two years as of tomorrow. Um, and when you meet someone past, 20 I don't know you have certain baggage that you go into the relationship with yeah but we're just yeah we're like really committed and want a future together and want a family and mm-hmm. yeah it feels really good I, I like no good I I like uh something you just said made me think about how it's like we have these um we have these we have this baggage but then we have like these other shifts that happen in our life that happen I don't know like I want to say for me probably around like probably like right around 28 and then like right again around 32 but and and probably other events throughout 14 even I remember these turning points where it's like a lot of the stuff I had been carrying all of a sudden was not relevant anymore it's like a huge switching gears so there's like baggage but there are these points where you set stuff down and you're like I'm not yeah. still hung up about shit that was going on in high school that yeah. bothered me into my 20s I'm 24 now and I'm you know whatever <laughs> so I I love that I love that image of setting this book down like it's a fucking bag of <laughs> yeah. a, a bag and being like and we're done we're done with this part yeah um, like, oh. oh sorry sorry go ahead um, <laughs> it's, it's it is kind of funny because it's like setting it down, but then also circulating. Yeah, I'm like doing this cross country. I never do anything small. I'm like, we'll drive across country. We'll have like 13 book launches, and you know, it's it's still go big de- or go definitely home. Definitely in it, but it's been working. You know, it's been working out, and I've been having really good feedback. Everyone, it seems, it's like really raw and honest, and I think in this world where everyone's showing their best selves it's refreshing to have a bit of like awkward Mm. you know it's kind of like coming of age story in a way Mm -hmm. 
What were you gonna say? Uh, I was gonna say my, my my only like final question that I'm I've been dying to ask this entire time mm. is if uh, if you know let's say this book gets optioned for a film, mm-hmm. who would uh, who would you like to see play you oh, in your, in your great film, question in your film of Unpacked? You know who I love: director, writer, actor, um, Brit Marling. Oh my god, she's so, <laughs> so good. fucking good. <laughs> That would be my dream. <laughs> Did you watch all the way through both seasons of OA? Oh, yeah. The and final scene of the OA? <laughs> my fucking head exploded. Yeah. And yeah. now, and I'm like, is there, is there going to be a, is yeah. there a third season? If it is, like, are we going to follow? She can't. Well, I can't. She's yeah. busy now because she's, she's optioning. Yeah. This right, book. If you're listening. Shit, man. It, she's well, so it, good. It reads like a movie. Like, people say, because it's. <laughs> very vivid and it goes you know from all these different scenes and then jumping in time and space but yeah who knows that would be it would be a good movie i think i think so too. too yeah if Brits, I, I'm watching it. I mean, I watch it anyway. But if, if yeah, Marley's in, I'm, I'm I did want to read a, a, a deleted chap uh, excerpt. Is that okay? Oh yeah, because yeah, it's love a that. sexy. It's raunchy. Oh, and it's <laughs> right up my alley. It's a deleted chapter. And I have it in like a zine that I pass around, which I find hilarious because it's like erotica. And I was like, ah, oh, zine. <laughs> but um, yeah, I thought I would just read that yeah. and then. Yeah, go for it. I would love that. Okay. So it's called Cafe Con Leche by Ali Coy. A deleted chapter from Unpacked, a memoir of checked baggage. A short, blonde man stumbles around the corner and falls onto Felix, then bursts into wild laughter. He looks me up and down and introduces himself in Spanish as Colin. He lurches over to me for the customary introductory kisses that I'm not accustomed to yet. I can smell the stench of booze and cologne and cringe slightly as he lingers on each cheek. He rolls a smoke and mumbles something in Spanish that I respond to with a blank look. Are you staying at the hostel? He repeats in an Irish accent. No, uh, I, I work here. You? Ha, no. I don't work at a hostel. I'm a teacher. He takes a drag and his eyes linger over my breasts. Do you speak Spanish? Not really. Oh, dare, he swears with a throaty J. How the hell did you get a job then? Do you know the job right here? 30% unemployment. And you come in from the States and get a job like that. On the second attempt, he snaps his fingers. Canada, my new coworker Felix says. Oh, is there a difference? I mean, really? I'm going back inside. I nod my head at Felix, who mouths sorry. I smile and shrug my shoulders. Lindsay stands at reception and invites me to go out with the staff after Nico's shift. Your shift ends at one in the morning, I ask, unsure if I heard correctly. I know a couple bars open until six de la mañana. Nico smiles with his eyes shut and head tilted as if I, as if I was taking a photo of him. I know it's quite mad, but some bars don't even open until midnight, Lindsay says. I'm a bit tired, I say, but I feel like I should go out and practice my Spanish. I'll teach you some words. I can start with the embarrassing slangs that you don't learn in school. She laughs and takes a sip of beer. Like I didn't know milk, leche, was slang for. She leans over to me and whispers, come. Oh, I raise my eyebrows. I didn't know that either. But isn't the latte cafe con leche, coffee with milk? Yes, that's true. 
It's used in certain contexts, of course. For the first week, it's a dry 40 degrees every day. By the third week, it has lowered to a cool 27. I can string a few Spanish sentences together, such as, I am from Canada. Yes, it's far. And yes, it's cold. I also have scheduled my errands before siesta time shuts down the city and have managed to befriend the local baker and tobacconist. Felix and I have decided to be royos, which in English translates into roll, with various nuances of that word. It has consisted of him feeling around suggestively in a packet of tobacco that sat between my legs, me pressing myself up against him as I squeezed past behind the bar, incessant flirting, and constant sexual innuendos with no real action. I hesitated at Felix's invitation to Colin's housewarming party, but wanted to go along with the group and spend some time with Felix outside of our intimate cigarette breaks. Colin's roommates, Lindsay, Nico, and a few guests drink and chat for a few hours on the roof of Collins' house. I walk down the stairs to refresh my drink, and Felix pulls me into a room. There's a blow-up mattress on the floor next to a desk and boxes piled against the wall. I'm not letting you go, he says, and pulls me close to him. I feel him hard through his jeans, and he kisses my neck. I wrap my arms around him and lead my lips to his. He runs his hands up and down my back, presses against the bottom of my spine, and sucks on my earlobe. I push him down onto the semi-deflated mattress. We laugh and, and wobble on all fours to the head of the bed and pause to listen for a hiss sound. Satisfied when we don't hear one, we embrace again. He takes his shirt off and reveals a chest full of dark, curly hair. Say something in Spanish in my ear, I say, while he grinds against me. Okay, he pauses. Bocadillo, tortilla, cervecita. I laugh and straddle him. He runs both hands around to my backside. Do you have a preserve? Oh, fuck, what, what is it in English? Condom? Yes. No, I don't. Shit. It's okay, I say. Roll him over and go down on him. For such a petite man, he's quite well endowed, I think, as I take him in my mouth. Slowly at first, then rapidly, stroking along with both hands. I hear him groan and convulse, and I taste pungent, salty gel in my mouth. I reach for a ceramic mug that rests on the desk beside the bed and spit into it. I've never been able to swallow, I say, and wipe my mouth. In the morning, I get dressed with a fuzzy head. I make sure to dump the mug in the bathroom sink, but wait to wash it out with dish soap. I bring it down to the kitchen where Colin percolates coffee on the stovetop. You stayed here last night? He asks, and reaches for milk in the fridge. Oh, just passed out on the couch. I put the mug down beside the sink and hear my phone ring in my purse by the door. I miss it and come back into the kitchen in time to see Colin pour milk into the ceramic mug. I gasp and my hand shoots out in front of me, but I remain silent and instead hold a clenched fist in front of my mouth. Colin places the mug into the microwave and heads into the living room. I quickly scan the kitchen for another mug I can replace it with, and my mind flashes through excuses I could say, but he pops back in before I can find either. I like to heat my milk for coffee, he says, when he catches me stare at it with dread. On the rooftop patio, Felix gives a sideways look at the mug Colin sips from. 
He smacks his lips and sighs with satisfaction. I catch Felix's eye and shake my head, about to explode with laughter. Colin, you like your cafe con leche? Felix asks with a grin. <laughs> oh, so that is fuck. the deleted chapter. <laughs> That's so good. I'm yeah. never not going to call my cum leche. Here <laughs> comes the leche. Yeah. <laughs> that's good yeah that's really good i haven't got i, like I haven't that. gotten into any se- sexy scenes at all yet in yeah, the book i so can't wait for that yeah mm-hmm. i'm looking forward to it now that was awesome <laughs> when are you going to make an audio book you've got such uh, a great voice oh, thanks. Yeah. i actually i have recorded it i just need to edit it now right because i work at my the gulf islands community radio and i have a monthly podcast which i haven't done in uh, two months i've been on the road but so i just use their studio and Cool. It's fun to read. Like it feels really good, and except I have all these like very nuanced accents in the. I'm like Swedish who's lived in Amsterdam for ten years, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> get, bork, get, bork, <laughs> yeah, like how YouTube videos, like, <laughs> like oh, so we'll see how it goes. But, <laughs> but yeah, and um, I could po- post this uh, this entry if you want on the yeah. yeah on the blog or something yeah yeah that'd be sweet that'd be really great um well thank you Allie this has been really really sweet yeah Yeah. so nice it's so nice to be back in Halifax where I had all the student glory days Mm -hmm. of uh yeah we're gonna go to Split Crow today oh hell yeah there you go (laughs) up to the ale house and then end your night at the dome and forget your name (laughs) I went to the ale house last night and I just had flashbacks of like so crowded but it was empty yeah but I was like really tripping out because like yeah it still does get very packed from what i hear uh i don't go there i can't i don't even know where it is i, I didn't go, oh, i really? feel i'm an outsider yeah <laughs> last time i went there i, I should have been city. kicked out and i wasn't and uh that's a story for actually my boyfriend podcast. couldn't get in. my 40 year old boyfriend couldn't get in without an id so <laughs> anyway classic um facts. But if folks want a, the first chapter of the book, they can sign up for my newsletter, if that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, bare, plug away. Yeah, barefootdaughter.com. And if they want to order the book, they can do that at barefootdaughter.com slash unpacked. And they can also buy it off Amazon, um, get the paperback. And um, I'm doing a, this initiative for every paperback sold, a tree will be planted at the Seven Ravens Eco Forest on Salt Spring. Oh, beautiful. Fantastic. Counter balance that but yeah and then my instagram is ali barefoot daughter koi and it's a l y yeah awesome well yeah. again thank you so much and i hope you enjoy uh your Croatia. next yeah your next chapter of travels that literally it better chapter. be another book yeah. it'll be the ending of next book <laughs> there <I think>. you <laughs> go. um and thank you all so much for tuning in we hope you enjoyed it uh as always we'll be back next week with another great episode And in the meantime, go to Apple Podcasts, uh, hit the rate and review buttons. I guess write a review and then hit the rating button. The subscribe button is really the the most important one. Um, And if you want to support us in other ways, you can go to our Patreon. Uh, Speaking of of audiobooks and sexual readings, there's some some salty, spicy, uh, uh, erotic readings that Bridie does on our Patreon. So every month, people get a the earful. Uh, so you can go on over to <laughs> patreon.com slash turn me on to check that out. 
Yeah, you can email us at turnmeonpodcast at gmail.com or reach out on our website, turnmeonpodcast.com, if you want to come be on the show. That is it for this week. Until next week. Go back yourself. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.